This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Today's Morning Story is about first love, the one that, unfortunately, I wish I could forget. In the fall of my sophomore year, I got a job as a waiter in our town's new delicatessen. Every day after school, I'd hop on my bike and rush over in time for the late crowd, if there was one. I never could decide what was more pathetic about that place, that it was in a town that could barely support a delicatessen, or that it was run by a family that could barely support itself. A 70-year-old widower named Max, his grown son Mark, and divorced daughter Myra, they argued about everything. To keep the peace, each ran a part of the deli by himself without any meddling from the others. Max supervised the waiters and tables, Myra ran the cash register, and Mark ordered the provisions and cooked. To me, the deli was just a job. I was going to be a poet. I'd already started what I hoped would be my first masterpiece, a love ode to Donna Chickadaris, a beautiful red-headed sophomore who didn't seem to know I was alive. Every day after work, I'd ride my bike to the edge of town and stare into the river for inspiration and instead see heartbreaking visions of Donna and her current boyfriend, Miller, in the back seat of his new car. Things weren't going too well with a deli, either. Good deli food was hard to find outside New York in those days, and Mark was dumping about a third of every shipment in the trash. Lower your standards, Myra would shout at him. We're trying to run a business. Lower your voices, the old man would mutter. I'm trying to take a nap. Business was so slow, he'd started dozing at a table by the door. I was getting embarrassed just to be there. One day after school, I was describing the deli to some friends when a small crowd gathered to listen, including Donna. Before long, I had Donna and her friends doubled over with deli disaster stories every day. I had Max stealing my tips while my back was turned and flinging frying pans at Mark across the room. I had Myra intimidating customers for not ordering more and then touching up her stern black hair with dabs of shoe polish from a bottle in her bag. I had Mark sneaking in to water down the coffee and then weeping in his office at what he'd done. Making up this stuff was a lot easier than writing poems and a whole lot more effective. Pretty soon kids were dropping by the deli after school to stare through the windows. One day a bunch of them even came in to see this nuthouse for themselves. This I hadn't expected. Luckily, Myra came through. After nursing a Coke for an hour, one of the kids strolled up to her at the register and paid with a $20 bill. Myra used to hold bills up at the light because her eyes were bad. I told the kids it was to see if the money was counterfeit. Now, as Myra raised the money, the kid snickered and signaled to his friends. That's it, she roared. I don't know what you're up to, but all of you, get out. Get out! The veins in her neck were bulging, and her red eyes filled with tears. She looked so pathetic, I almost hugged her with gratitude for saving my reputation with my friends. The following Monday, Mark called to say the deli was closing. I hung up, half relieved it was over, half resentful I'd just lost my main excuse for talking to Donna. Soon after, I was in the neighborhood to sell my bike. I'd gotten a job on the other side of town, and it was easier to take the bus. Besides, sophomores were supposed to be learning to drive. The back door to the deli was open, and I went in. Max, Mark, and Myra were packing in the kitchen, barely exchanging a word. 
On their way to the car, Max, who had insisted on carrying the big coffee pot by himself, tripped on the curb. Myra rushed over to steady him, and they stood there for a second, just holding on. I don't think I'd ever seen them touch each other before. Mark came over, too, and put a hand on his father's shoulder and another on Myra's back. She was crying, and as he comforted her and touched her hair, I realized how soft it really was. Then they got in the car and drove away. I took the bus back home. It was the route I'd always taken on my bike. And as darkness fell, I imagined myself out there one last time, speeding under the trees, rushing up the sidewalks with no hands, pretending I was really driving a car, that Donna was really by my side, that everything you wished for in this world could come true. Till suddenly, I was back in the bus, staring at my reflection in the window, knowing my childhood was over. That was today's morning story, First Love. I'm here in the studio with uh, Gary Mott. You say First Love to me, and I immediately flash back on kissing Christy behind the couch. You know, I was four, five. You sure it was love? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it was love. But I also think about uh, the time that I asked Allison to marry me. I was oh, five years old. This is the same year that you fell in love with hey, Christy? You know, adolescence came early with me. <laughs> I took the top off a Coke can and I slipped it on her finger. Did she accept? Apparently not. <laughs> Did she have a life after this? Uh, well, I found out just the other day, actually. Um, I was talking to my parents. Yeah. They live in Texas. Standing in line at the uh, Mexican restaurant, lo and behold, right in front of them, Allison and her family. Oh, wow. How long had it been since they'd seen her? You know, 25 years. Oh, my gosh. Maybe 30 years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these are people that we f- knew when we first moved to San Antonio in the early 70s. Right. Wow, it's you. Hey, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Family, marriage. Blah, blah, blah. And Allison recently got married, and she said, you know, I was putting the ring on my husband's finger, and I flashed back on a time when Gary and I were five. Oh, my gosh. At the altar, Tony. <laughs> you know, she, she's looking at her husband's hands, making this, <laughs> this lifetime commitment, and she's thinking of five-year-old Gare. So she remembered that moment Probably for the first time, I'm guessing. How else could you remember something like that at such a significant moment? At the power of first love. The power of first love. That's what it's about. Wow. One of my true first loves came back to town a number of years ago. She's married. She's got uh, two uh, children, lovely children. I wouldn't have wanted anything to turn out differently for her or for me. But there is that special feeling that makes her an absolute angel in my life forever. She could never do anything that would disappoint me. (laughs) It's amazing. It's magic. I got up the courage to try to get in touch with Allison. Yeah, what happened? Um, I called her parents and left a message on our machine, Uh on their machine, and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to get in touch with Allison. I left my email address. Uh You know, we'll see. Have any of your children had their first love yet? Not yet. You're sure of that? If I were to find out that something like that happened, I think it would be delightful and surprising. But my parental instinct tells me it just hasn't. You'd see one of your kids suddenly dressing really well (laughs) or walking on air. Putting gel in my son's hair, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's right. You'd probably know. We uh, we got some wonderful news about uh, Mark and Sherry Grashow, who have contributed a number of stories to Morning Stories, uh, and we've certainly followed their their incredible work in Zimbabwe, Africa, bringing books to the children there. Well, it turns out we weren't the only ones who heard about what they were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, uh, you've heard of him. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's got a he has a new book out called Giving. How Each of Us Can Change the World, and he talks about, among other things, the work that Sherry Salzberg and Mark Grashow of New York have been doing in Zimbabwe. How about that? How do you so, like that? We're going to have a, a link on our RSS feed, yes, so that people can uh, find out more about this book and even hear what Bill Clinton had to say about our friends the Grashows. I, I wonder how he came upon the Grashows. Maybe he's a Morning Stories fan. Speaking of some other old friends, uh, I'm looking at a page here of uh, contributions. 71 people? Totaling $2,795. Thank you very much. Every penny is appreciated and needed. And uh, uh, those who have given more than once, and you know who you are, thank you, well, more than doubly. Uh, really appreciate you being there. Our website is wgbh.org slash morningstories. Please go there. Please contribute. Listen. Enjoy. And send us an email at morningstories at wgbh.org. We'll be back with another morning story real soon. Bye.